0: All right, all right, so good morning, I'm Pastor Marshall, Reignite Church, I love you guys, you know, that's our simple philosophy here, is to reignite love for all, reignite love for all, and we're in our final week of our Anxious for Nothing series, and I'm so, so excited to give you this last little bit, and um, then we'll move on for something newer next week. Um for those new to the series, if you haven't heard it, you need to really go online and check it out, or go on the church app and check it out to get all of them. I think you'll be blessed for it. But anyway, for those of you who have been here, you know that we've been we've been nestling down into the Philippians 4 text, and so all of what we're doing comes from that foundation from Philippians 4. Um, with that said, our goal today our goal today is to help us manage our anxious feelings. That's what we want to do. So with the last and final series, I want to help you manage those anxious feelings. Um, How many of you are okay with that? Amen. Amen. So that's our goal. So by now, you remember we said that Paul is writing Philippians four from a prison. Paul had purpose in his heart one day to go to Rome, but he gets to Rome and he's not doing what he's hoped to do. So Paul is in Philippians. uh, He's writing from Rome to the Philippian church from a prison cell. And he's not in the best of circumstances. No, no. And yet he writes from his experience. Actually, I told you last week that Paul, from, uh, from this text, Paul is writing Ephesians. In, in this situation in prison, he's writing Ephesians. He's writing Philippians and Colossians. And so Paul, he tells us in this text that we should rejoice in all circumstances. You know, It's, it's always good to listen to someone who's been there, done that who's got the t-shirt and the jacket. You know, Paul said, you know, I'm going through some stuff, but you can rejoice, and I'm here to tell you, you can rejoice because I'm able to rejoice in my difficult circumstances. So he writes to us from experience, and I think we need to understand how to receive difficult times without reacting to difficult times. Man, I hope y'all ready to manage your anxious feelings like I've been ready to do. Um, so all it takes for us to to manage our anxious feelings is a focused mind a focused mind that's how Paul can be present in his situation but his situation not be present within him we need a focused mind and there's a quote that says your body hears everything your mind says I'll say that again your body hears everything your mind says. If you ever worked out with weights, guys, or, or maybe girls, yeah, you, if you ever worked out with weights, you've seen that when you're trying to lift something, you know, when I was in the gym all the time, Anthony, I'm not in there all the time now, but, but when I was in the gym all the time, you know, when I had the spotters or whatever, we would pump up the stuff, you know, pump up our weights, and every now and then the weight would get too heavy, and the spotter was there to encourage us, you know, and, and just when you think you couldn't do it, you had that little bit of help, and I had to focus my mind to say that I can, I can get this off. And so I would take a breath and, and push it up and press it out. Sometimes it just takes a focused mind. My Oklahoma Sooners was playing last night, and they were getting beat down the first half of the game I'm from Oklahoma. You know, um, and uh, the first half of the game they went into halftime. It was 31 to 10. Ah, I was so mad. I'm throwing chicken bones at the TV and stuff. I'm like, what in the world? But I know. I told Tiff. At the end, at, at, after the game was over, I told Tim, I said, I can tell, I can tell at halftime they got their mind focused. I can tell that somebody got a little bit of chewing and a little bit of spanking that they came back out the, 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 the second half of the game, and the other team only got six, 68 yards of total offense, running or throwing. They never scored again. My team went on to score and win the game. Made history. He said, boo. Just like a Texas fan. It takes a focused mind to make things change, is what I'm trying to get you to understand. It takes a focused mind. Your body hears everything your mind says. That means if you tell someone, if you tell yourself something, unified thoughts, that's the first thing I want to give you, to think about unified thoughts. Everybody say, um, unified unified thoughts. Yes, yes, that's what we need. Not just any unified thought, the right ones. the right unified thoughts. I'll let that settle. Let me give you an example. You can have unified thought, and it be the wrong thoughts. This week I know I saw that um, our president, when it comes to the Democratic Party, and I don't talk politics, and I, I'm not gonna take a side here, but one, one group of people, the Democrats, want to impeach, and they have unified thoughts about it. Then we have the Republicans over here they, they, they are unified about excusing everything away and making excuses for it. So one side wants to excuse everything and the other side says, oh, we need to hold them accountable and we need to impeach and we need to do this. So you can have the wrong unified thoughts and excuse things away. But as a Christian, if we unify our thoughts towards Christ, you'll never go wrong. And, and you'll become strong. The right unified thoughts connect us to Christ. I said the right unified thoughts. I was at Metro Diner a week ago. Shameless plug. That place was the bomb. Got my eat on. Um, We was at Metro Diner about a week ago. And uh, I think it was a week ago. Yeah, it was about a week ago. And um, we didn't know what to order. You know, that's that's my struggle. I don't know about you guys. When I go someplace and they have all kinds of different stuff to choose from, I'm like, ah, I want to sample everything. And if you go with me, I'll probably sample from your plate. But um, we didn't know what we wanted to order. So we asked the waiter, what do you recommend? And he said, uh, I recommend the chicken and waffles. That's, that's good. You know, the, the pulled pork on mac and cheese and whatever. That's good. This joker recommended about six, seven, eight things. <laughs> I'm like, darn, dude. <laughs> he recommended so many things. But it told me That because he knew the menu and he knew what things taste like and he experienced it and he knew what they were serving, that that he was unified with the management. He knew his job. Now, if you ever go to another franchise. You don't see a rogue chef back there at at Wendy's making chicken and waffles when they should be making hamburgers. Right. You got to have the right unified thoughts. Because the wrong unified thoughts are dangerous. Christians unify their thoughts around Christ. Christ is the right thing to focus on. Just trying to plead my case with you guys. But here's the problem in culture today. Here's the problem. I recently read something on a blog that got my attention. It said that in today's world, people are thinking about others more. People are thinking about others more. But here's what they're thinking, Carmen. Here's what they're thinking. They're thinking about what others are doing. They're thinking about what others are thinking about. <laughs> what do you think about me? They're thinking about what others are saying and they to, to the extent of what others are wearing, I wonder what they're wearing up there. I wonder what they're wearing at work. I wonder when they, what they're going to wear to this. And the problem is Christians are the same way today. Yeah. Our cares consume us because of our. And we're unified, that's the dangerous part. We're unified with the wrong thoughts of what's concerned what's, how, am I, how is it going to affect me? How is it going to affect my time? How is it going to affect my schedule? How is it going to affect? How is it going to affect my life? We're concerned with the wrong unified thoughts, primarily, and that's why the world is the way it is. I believe if Christians unified their thoughts towards Christ, and showed love, the thing that God emphasized, I think when problems come up, you'll be like, oh, you know what, I saw, I saw a, a picture the other day, I'm on social media sometimes too much. I saw a picture the other, the other day of, of Denzel Washington and, and, and the caption read, I don't know, this is for free. Can I give y'all free stuff? Y'all like free stuff? I saw this picture of Denzel Washington and, uh, and he said, when someone said something that offends you, and it, he was looking like this, he said, I can go back to your old self. And then it had another picture of him smiling. He said, then I remember I'm a man of God. Because when you have the right unified thoughts, when situations come up, you're not offended. And when situations come up that's arduous to your life, you're not going to let them just get you down to where you can't recover. If Christians unify their thoughts, others would say, man. I know, I know for a fact, i put my money, my head on it, that he's going through something, she's going through something. But how in the world what they're going through is not affecting them? It must be God. It must be Jesus. It must be, it must be something that's covering them. When people see that with Christianity, I'm sorry, I'm hyped, I'm hyped. I had an e-shot this morning, and I had coffee. When people see, and don't hide what you're going through oh man, can I give y'all some pastoral care? Don't hide what you're going through because people need to see. People need to see what you're going through and then see how you respond. When they see how you respond, it takes the focus off you towards Christ because they can't just explain how are they going through that? And I'm, I'm emphasizing through that. Through that. I used to be really, really, really private. If you're still there, I, I'm not mad at you, but I'm just saying you're not mature enough yet. Yeah. Yeah. Y'all, y'all might get mad at me. Because when you start sharing your experiences and allowing people to see that, man, today's a bad day. I'm damaged today. But, man, God is good. Yeah, I'm still here. Yeah. And people are like, what? They start thinking, what is their p- thought process like? And then when they run into another Christian who's thinking the same thing, I'm I'm still trying to plead my case. When they run into another Christian, they see the same thing. They're like, they they act and think like sister so-and-so, brother so-and-so. It's got to be something that's carrying. It's got to be something to this God thing, to this Christianity thing. We need to have unified thoughts. But we don't need to share. We don't need to hide our Anxious feelings, that's why I was transparent enough to start this series and tell you, I have a lot of negative thoughts sometimes when I wake up through the night and I don't have anything to do but try to go back to sleep. The enemy comes in and starts saying, you're not healthy enough, you're not resting enough. The church is gonna take longer to build. I know you started this church, but it's gonna take longer to build. All the negative thoughts. During the day, I can handle everything. But when I wake up through the night and I'm laying there and everything's quiet, that's when the enemy comes in. And then I have to remind myself of my God-loving thoughts, that it's going to be all right. He didn't call, he, I didn't start the church on my own. He called me to start the church on my own. I didn't answer the call, although it took me eight years to do it because of my condemning thoughts. But when I answered the call, it was him that called. And So I have to remind myself, greater is he who's in me. I'm laying in the bed. Greater is he who's in me than he's in the world. the right thoughts that's what i'm saying for those of you who wondered that's what i'm saying you need the right thoughts in order for us to not feel anxious verse seven says the next thing you need to write down peace must guard our hearts and minds peace must guard our hearts and minds this is how it works church in the moment we feel anxious it alerts us to pray in that moment and i told you that before right i think it was Ooh, excuse me. I think where that burp came from. I <laughs> think it was in the first sermon. In the first sermon, I'm sorry, I need some water. I think it was in the first sermon I told you. When you feel those anxious feelings, that's a sign, it's like an alarm clock that lets you know you need to pray about whatever it is that's making you anxious. But we want it, we want it to go away, but we don't want to pray. And if we do pray, this is the, this is the critical thing. If we do pray, we're praying in general. That's not the time to save the world. Lord, would you bless and save sister so-and-so Oh my job? Would you, would, no, whatever you're feeling anxious about, which is a, a signal, pray about it. If it's big enough for you to worry about, it should be big enough for you to pray about. When you feel that anxiousness come and you feel that anxiety come, pray about that. that everybody say pray about that. pray about that. Not the other stuff at that time. Save the world later. Pray for the world later and the floods later. Pray about that. That's how it works. And then when you pray, we got to give thanks. We must give thanks. Remember, I told you, thanks demonstrates your faith and what you're praying for. I'm going to help you some more. When we give thanks, church, we give God access to the problem. Did you know that? Yeah, yeah God's, God's not going to, he's not going to um, stronghold your free will. God is waiting. Jesus is, the Bible says that Jesus sits on the right hand, at the right hand of God. What is he doing? Making intercession for us, right? So when your prayers come up, God looks, that God the Father looks to Jesus the Son, and he's like, want me handle that one? I, I believe in my spiritual imagination. God is like, "No, hold up. Okay, that joker didn't thank me. He don't. He don't believe. He don't believe. Let hold, hold on, Jesus. And Jesus is like, well, I, or or the answer is going. Or the answer's on the way. And the answer is coming, and Jesus is like, you know, he's like, Father, I'm gonna take care of that for them. And he, and, and and then we, we get up on, off our knees, or we walk out of the room for our prayer, and, and Jesus is like, well, I was, I was about to Okay, catch you next prayer. When we give thanks, it gives God access. To the problem. How do you know that, Pastor? Can you prove it to me? I'll prove it by your life. Have you ever had a problem? Have you ever had chaos and yet you had calm in it? When when you give God thanks for what you're praying for, you have calm in the midst of chaos because he's, He's been given access to the problem. It might have been the same problem you had last year, but last year you were frazzled and everybody heard all your business or whatever, and you was a bad representation of a glorious thing because you didn't want to say anything and you didn't want to do anything. But now you had the same problem because you if you, fa- you fail the test, you'll repeat it again. But now when you get the test, you're like, oh my gosh, I can't believe all this stuff. It's been a crazy day. It's been a messed up week. But in the mess, I have a message. is what you have to understand when God has access remember it says that peace will guard I don't want to bring anybody up here right now but, but say this is me when we have access God puts soldiers around you your peace the soldiers will block and guard your heart and mind so when this is you so when everything happens peace has guarded your heart and your mind in the midst So that we don't lose our peace within the next hour or the next day, Paul is saying in verse eight that we must dwell. There's that word again. That we must dwell on the truth. Because if you don't dwell, I told y'all that's the opening. That's that's the title for the sermon. Dwelling thoughts. If you don't dwell on the truth, your peace won't. And the peace that God provides will drop. So the peace that God provides will drop if you don't dwell on the truth. See, we think that because I'm a Christian, because God loves me, I love God, that he's going to always give you peace. But no, God says that peace will be in what? In Christ. Christ is truth. He's the word. The word is truth. So your peace has to be in that. And that's where our thoughts and our peace is protected. Peace must dwell on whatever God's word says. If you don't know his word, if you're only getting his word on Sundays, you're, you're in trouble. You're in trouble. If you don't have a devotion life where you're reading some kind, some kind of scripture, that's the only thing the Holy Spirit is obligated to use. Scripture. Not your opinion, not pastor's thought. Scripture. So we have to we have to know the word. So one day you're at the ATM and you're checking in. This is for free stuff. This is for free stuff. You're, you're at the ATM, and you're going about your business, you're about to go meet your dude or whatever, you're about to get some money out or whatever, and, and somebody's coming up and trying to hold you up. What do I say? What do I do? What do I do? What do I say? You got to know some word. You got to know some word and know how to quote the word so you can be protected. I was going to tell you what to do, but you had to look it up for yourself or see me out. your circumstances. Dr. Tony Evans said you cannot dwell on both the things of God and the lies of Satan or you won't have peace. You can't be a part of two thoughts, two trains of thought Protects the word is the truth, but you got to know it. So, Tony Evans said, You can't dwell on both the things of God and the lies of Satan. So, we got to dwell on truth. What is truth, Pastor? It's open to whatever. Whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure. Whatever is lovely. Everybody, ladies say, hey, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable. If there's anything of moral excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise. That's what you dwell on.
1: One of the reasons that we
0: don't keep our peace is because we tend to dwell on the negative things. The things of the world. The lies of Satan so we don't keep our peace and we think God's forgotten us. But you were thinking and have become your thoughts. I'm that a negative person, pastor. All I gotta do is let you talk. Hear how you talk, tells me how you think, tells me how you live. <laughs> oh my gosh. It's critical that you get this right, church. We must ask ourselves, Am I able to praise God? That's the test. I thought, man, I, I need to give them this. We said to think about the things that are true, lovely, and, and so forth, right? Anything of moral excellence, anything worth their praise. So this is what you have to ask. It's critical. In whatever situation you find yourself in, am I able to praise God in this right here? If you can't, if you, can't, if you say it's hard or you can't do it, then you're dwelling on the but you've got a chance. <laughs> you've got a chance. You've got a chance. This is why. Second Corinthians says that we can take every thought captive. Take every thought captive. That means you have a chance to do something about your thoughts, even when you can't praise God right now. In other words, you can stop and think about what you're thinking about. Yeah. And a kid, as, as, a, as a kid, um, we, we remember... Um, that we, maybe some of us as adults are still this way, we we would watch scary movies and we would have nightmares. What did you have to stop doing? You had to stop watching scary movies. And then the nightmares would stop. If you're thinking negative, if you're going through things negative, if you can't praise, you got to stop doing what you're doing and focus. You have a chance. Turn to someone and say, stop it. Stop it. Next, Paul encourages us to follow his example. I had a hard time with this for years because Paul says stuff like, follow me as I follow Christ. i like, follow you, follow me, I can't say that. But a unified mind has unified examples. Philippians 9 says, Paul says what you have learned everybody say learn. what you have received what you have heard and what you have seen in me practice these things and the God of peace will be with you that's a bold prayer do what you see me do Paul's not saying necessarily just follow me he's saying follow me because I'm following Jesus. Jesus is our ultimate example. And everything we do should be comparable to Jesus. Everything we say should be comparable to what you've heard. Follow me. What if everybody did what they saw and heard and seen you do? Man. It could be good or bad. To be clear, though, Christ is the measuring stick. Christ is the measuring stick. So I looked, as I look at the text this week in verses 4 through 9, I can see that where managing momentum can be made easy for us, but it's going to take effort to manage momentum that it takes to dwell on the right things. It's going to take effort. And so I thought about this. A little analytical at times. I thought about this. How many of you have went to the playground when you were little? 40 and over, y'all used to go to playgrounds? Y'all didn't always stay in the house. I was one of those kids that would get out the house and I would go. Mom would say, you want you to go out? Stay out, when you come back in, you're staying in. So I'm like, I'll see you when the lights come on in the street. Um, so I would go to the playground and I would hang out at the playground, and when I got older, I would ride my bike or whatever. But one of the things we like to do was we, we like to get meet the, at the playground. And at the playground, there was this thing called the merry-go-round. I don't know if y'all are familiar with that. Young people, y'all aren't familiar with it today. Y'all don't know what a merry-go-round is, maybe. Maybe. Do you? Do you? Meri- a merry-go-round was a, was a big, large, round piece of steel, right? And it had these handlebar-type things that stuck up on on, on, the, on the merry-go-round. And, and, and when you got on to the merry-go-round, if you were by yourself or with friends, you know, sometimes the friends would get on, sometimes they would help you work. And you had to, you had to work, you had to use your legs, and you had to run around and push the merry-go-round, right? You had, to push, you had to push, you had to use your legs, you had to push, and it was difficult at first, right? But after a while, you would, you would push, and you would get on, and you would hop on with one leg. And then, and then you would jump on, and then the merry-go-round would just take you around. It's called momentum, but it takes work to dwell on the right things. It's the same thing. You have to push sometimes past whatever the problem is. You have to push past it, and then you then you can keep going. You got to pull and push, pull and push, and then after you've pulled and pushed enough, your momentum will continuously roll into the right thoughts. And you've learned how to manage with momentum your anxious feelings. But it's gonna take work. But remember the miracle round. You can do it. When we find ourselves feeling anxious and worried, I'm gonna let you go with this. We should rejoice. Paul says that I believe back in verse 4 we should rejoice and then we should pray with thanksgiving that takes effort to rejoice and pray takes effort and then we should dwell on the right things and the right people that's momentum rejoice in praying that's effort effort then you should dwell on the right things and the right people paul said follow me do what you've what you've seen and heard from me dwell on the right things truth of god's word the right people examples that exemplify christ that's momentum now you're gaining traction then you are on your way So tell someone next to you, thank you, thank you, because I'm on my way, because I'm on my way. Pastor, what are they on their way to do? You're on the way to take this ride. <laughs> you're on the way to take this ride, because you're ready to push. You've been pulling, and now you're spinning around. And you know what, what, it, what I found? This is for free, too. This is what I found at the playground. When people saw other kids on the merry-go-round, what happened? Everybody start coming to the merry-go-round. <laughs> Everyone wanted to take that ride. Everybody wants to take that ride. When momentum is going in your life, and you're dwelling, you're, you're rejoicing and you're praying and, and you're giving thanks for your prayers. Like, God, I'm believing for this as if I got it. It's, it's here in my life now. And, and, when, you're, and when, you're, when you're dwelling on the right thoughts, truth, and, and you're dwelling on the right people that God has placed in your life, Lord, if you don't have one, ask God to send you one. And, and when you see that momentum going and carrying you, the problems are coming, but yet the problems don't progress. People are coming wanting to get on that ride. What is it? What is it about you? <laughs> what is it? Oh my gosh! Would you stand with me? We're out. We're out. Father, I thank you. Oh Lord, I thank you. Would you pray? Bow your heads and close your eyes. Lord, I thank you. I praise you for who you are. Lord, I thank you for your word. Your word is truth. It's alive, and Father, you're you're able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all we can ask or think. And so, Father, we thank you for our thoughts that are coming, that will carry us into into momentum, that we will dwell on the right things, that when things happen, our old self don't show up, but our new self will encourage others and give you a glorious witness. So, Father, I ask that you will bless each and every one that's under the sound of my voice and those who are listening. Would you bless, Lord? I ask these things in Jesus' name. With every head bowed, every eye closed, before I let you go, is there someone who has a heavy heart? If you have a heavy heart, would you raise your hand? I just want to agree with you in prayer. I'm not going to embarrass you. Thank you for being honest. Thank you for being honest. You're being honest before God, not before me. Amen. Amen. I see your hand. I just want to acknowledge the hands and get that in my mind. I want to pray for you. Is there anyone who needs Christ, who does not know Christ? Sometimes I feel led to just go ahead and make salvation the emphasis at the end. Today I feel like that. Is there anyone who needs to know Christ? If that's you, if you need a relationship with the Lord, we're going to pray together. We're going to pray together. And if that's you, I need you to see me after the service. If you made the decision to follow Christ pray this together with me aloud church dear God I believe in your son Jesus that he's the savior of the world that you've sent him to save my soul I accept Christ now